Uh, <laughs> get together, have a few laughs. Uh oh, shit, lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Lady, put the freaking gun down on the ground right now. Take your shot across the freaking street and say that until we get you. Hello, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Where There's Will, There's a Way. Uh, Josh and I have been trying to do these off and on this summer. I feel like there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about and we didn't want to try to pack it in our regular episodes so we've been keeping kind of a running list uh and it's also basically just a place for josh and i to catch up true true pretend that people are listening to us (laughs) well i mean we've also gotten people to say like you do too much banter get to the stuff yeah and the other people are like the banter's the best part so you know we're really all about we're, we're pro-choice, so we're going to give you guys that choice to choose to listen to the banter or not. Yep, right. We this separate, <laughs> We separate out the cream from the from the crop. Is that how yep. that works? And you can yep. either have the crop or the cream, which really the more I say it, it sounds like I'm making a BDSM com- comment here. But no. I, I, I like getting gonna... creamed and cropped at the okay. same time. Okay, all right. And... From two different directions. Yes. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonder. Uh, so one of the first things I wanted to talk about was um, over a month ago now, I did the Seattle to Portland bike ride. Congrats. And it was two days, 207 miles um, with a camp in the middle at Centralia College. And there were several kind of flabbergasting choices that were made by this organization mm-hmm. if you're listening to me kaiser permanente or uh cascadia bicycle club well take some notes now <laughs> this is not a uh not a cheap event i want to say it costs like around 200 dollars to do maybe 250 and you have to buy the bike yeah yeah that's <laughs> uh that comes with the bike fee of purchasing a bike it's basically like a cardboard bike that you have to buy um no, but you, $250 or whatever, that doesn't include the bus to get to Seattle to start, nor does it include a place to sp- stay uh, the, the middle of the night, nor does it include dinner that night. So what the uh, fuck does it include? A good, good question. It doesn't include a T-shirt. <laughs> and it doesn't include it a T-shirt? It does include a T-shirt. Oh, okay. I was like, they make you buy the fucking T-shirt? <laughs> um, and it includes... Uh, a uh, turkey ham and cheese sandwich that was literally two pieces of dry bread with a piece of cheese and a piece of ham and a piece of turkey. Did um, you just get fire festival, Kendrick? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I might have. I might have. Also, everybody on the event was volunteer. So I'm really, I guess, um, I, I don't know. Also, they had no street signage. So there was little arrows painted on the road and if you missed them you just went in the wrong direction which fortunately you know i was with a group of people and we managed to go the right way the whole time but i was like wow <laughs> they're really putting my hard-earned dollars to work here um so for most people the free option for lodging is you camp at centralia college which essentially means they will shuttle your bag to the, the college and you just pick any spot on this campus and set it up. 
So there was just every open piece of grass, people had set up a tent. And while um, we were doing this, there was a woman and a megaphone sitting in the middle of the campus talking about how great Centralia College was. And uh, my friend Alexander, who I was writing with, likened her to Dean from Community, where oh yeah, <laughs> she, she was so ecstatic about how great it was to be at Centralia College and how great the programs at Centralia College were. And welcome, bikers, pets, and friends. And it, it was just for a Centralia College, it was very over-the-top salesmanship to a bunch of very tired people trying to camp <laughs> in a college. <laughs> and they had a beer garden at this oh. dinner, uh, at this spot. And uh, it was open from 5 to 7, which uh, I don't know who decided that was prime beer garden hours. But uh, we waited in line for food, and then they ran out of food. And so we finally got food at 6.30, and I was like, okay, just enough time to go buy a beer. Well, nope, they had run out of beer. (laughs) Uh, So again, I was just like, what is going on here? Um, But you know, all that to say, it was still fun. I was glad I did it. It was a lot of work. I was, my legs were pretty tired. Uh, You... um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the bridge that goes over the Columbia over by um, St. Helens. So it's like the Longview Bridge, I think is what it's called. But Mm -hmm. it is a really tall bridge and you have to bike that up that thing. And I was like, I am. It is very scary being on a bicycle, like very high (laughs) up in the air on that bridge. But that sounds pretty spooky. It's pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, it was great. Nice. I had a grand old time. Other what than what was the uh, oh, go ahead. all the bad stuff. What was the what was the training like for you? Because I know that you were working on training for it for a while, right? Yeah. So I probably rode. Uh, I would try to once a week ride about thirty or forty miles, and then, um, leading up to the ride, uh, I did like a sixty mile ride that led mm. that went up to Vista House. I don't know if you've ever been to Vista House. Oh yeah. Um, that one was pretty intense because it was a lot of climbing to get up to Vista mm-hmm. House. Um, oh, yeah. The actual Seattle to Portland ride was not did not have that much climbing, which was nice. It was just long, but that was the training. I could have done a little more training. I think I uh, my knees were like really starting to bother me mm. at the end. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if anybody who's like trained really, really, really hard and then was like, "Oh, I trained too hard." Yeah, right. So. Yeah, but it's so hard to like find the time to do that and stuff like yeah. that. For, yeah, I know for that. But proud of you. That sounds like it was a good time, other than the bad times. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I would do it again. Um, yeah, like it was fun, but I think those like, I think I would rather do a maybe slower, less crowded ride somewhere else in Oregon mm-hmm. or or Washington. Um, rather than that ride again. Like a lot of the time you're riding kind of just in kind of crappy spaces or you're dealing with a lot of traffic and yeah, um, it just wasn't super pleasant. Yeah. Have you done the ride out to like hood river and stuff along 84? I have not. Um, part of that route is the, the Vista house is part of that route. Yeah. And actually if you go, you, if you go like the old highway, then you yeah. can get 
almost all the way to Hood River without getting on 84. It's like a three oh, wow. or four mile stretch that you have to get on 84 on the shoulder there. Yeah. Uh, which I'll probably never do. That sounds terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 80, they call it 84 because everyone goes 84 on it. So, yeah. right. Yeah. And getting hit by somebody going 84 is no fun. Yeah. So, I've heard. well, the reason you have to go, the reason you have to pop on the highway there is because there's a tunnel and there's not any other roads that go through oh, that tunnel. True. That, that tunnel area. True. So, not only are you going along a highway where people are going, you know, 80 miles an hour, you have to go through a tunnel. Yeah. They should really add a little bit more, uh, biking paths on there so most all that all the other stuff has been done in the last three or four years and i'm hoping that they come up with a way to introduce yeah. another route right around there yeah yeah for sure well that'd be cool let me know when you do that and i will wave at you from my car oh okay and then meet you in hood river for food yeah that sounds good yeah and you can okay. drive me you can drive me home <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> sounds good sounds good um and then have you had anything else that's been going on other than that? You had that kid sleeping better and stuff. And yeah. Kid, kid life with the kids going good. Uh, nice. You can't complain. Can't complain. We had, um, our first t- instance where we hired a babysitter. Uh, mm-hmm. we'd had like my mother-in-law babysit a couple times and my parents babysit a couple times, but we hadn't just hired someone. And, um, we went out to Applebee's. Uh, my mother-in-law had given us a gift card to Applebee's for our anniversary. Nice. And I hadn't been in Applebee's in probably 20 years. Yep. And it ha- hadn't changed. Nope. It never does. <laughs> did you get the like $1 margarita or whatever it they, is? No, my wife did. She got, she got there. It's called like a perfect margarita. And it comes, it's like $8 and it's like a full margarita glass. And they give you the shaker, which still has another full margarita in it. And uh, I was like, wow, whoa, this is <laughs> wild. Those bartenders at Applebee's do not care. Nope. Nope. <laughs> They're giving you the extra, like people at Jamba Juice give you the extra juice. Like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's an extra three shots yeah, of no, uh, no tequila biggie. or whatever. Yeah. No, no, no big biggie. problem. Um, but yeah, we went out and a friend of mine, um, had gotten married during the pandemic and never really had like a celebration. So they were holding kind of a a party and we went, that's where, that's where we went to after Applebee's. Um, and it was a lot of fun. They played some music, did some dancing, and they also had a drag queen do bingo. Nice. Which apparently this drag queen does bingo at, uh, these, a couple bars around town. What's the drag queen's name? Uh, something Peaches, Peaches something or another. Mm-hmm. I um, have seen a couple other Portland drag queens and it had, but it was not familiar with this one. Yeah. Uh, she was hoot though. Um, oh yeah. It was like a wedding type or event, but it was also Portland. So no one dressed up in nice clothes. Like I yes. wore, a bu- I wore a button up shirt and like long pants, but people showed up in shorts and, in uh, baseball caps and flip flops. And this drag queen did not, let it go she was like it's a wedding and you're wearing that she just like it was very funny very funny you'd think like bingo like oh how fun can this be but uh no it was just getting eviscerated the entire time would recommend i love that i love that yeah um i guess i'll i'll skip around in the, the little note that we have but 
you had a got to meet some drag queens up close and personal this last uh last weekend or the what is it the weekend before last weekend i don't even remember yeah no it was two weekends ago <laughs> um so i got asked on let me just uh scroll back so i can get it right yes i got asked on wednesday the 27th if i would be willing to take over for a role that someone else one of my other friends had been doing at uh, the local fringe bar slash theater group that I'm a part of. And the the person had like a once in a lifetime opportunity to go be a part of a wedding party that was going down to Las Vegas, had never been asked to be part of a wedding party before. And they're like, this person can only go if somebody takes their role. And I was like, okay, sure, I'll do that. Um, I said yes on Friday the 29th. This is of July. And then I got my script that day. And then I had to open while knowing all of my lines on Thursday, the fourth. And I had one rehearsal on Tuesday, the second. So I had one rehearsal to learn. And then like less than a week to learn, I don't know, 80 lines, 90 lines or something like that. And the other thing is, is that the show is a, it's called the golden girls live. And they're doing two episodes of the golden girls TV show. And the four women are played by men in drag. So I got to learn a bunch of lines very quickly, uh, get done up all all pretty-like, and um, do this show for three nights. And it was bananas. And it was amazing. It was so fun. <laughs> I uh, never would have done that unless it had been like all of the stars aligning at once. But you know what? Damn it. I had fun. I had That's fun. great. That's great. I really, you had told me about it a couple days prior and I couldn't, we couldn't get a baby sitting lined up in time for that. But how funny would it be if you were like, I dressed up as drag and then went and did bingo at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. Well, that's why I was asking like, who was it? Cause I did, um, I was performing with like one of Portland's like pretty well-known drag Queens and stuff like that. So and I met a lot of different queens who came to the show who were friends with this uh, this performer as well. So, yeah, it was kind of fun. Um, but I posted some of the photos that were taken of it in the the bonus chat. And I could figure out a way maybe to publish those in the show notes as well. Um, but I uploaded a folder that at least Kendrick can see. But... Yeah, I will uh, put them online and link them in our show notes because Sounds uh, good. the world should definitely see these. Oh, the world should definitely see them. Absolutely. And I did not do my own makeup for those people that are asking. That was done by two of the performers. They worked together on that. Do you know, are they going to do, did they do this show every year? I think they've done it pretty much every year. I have never been interested in it because I wasn't like a big Golden Girls fan. I'd never seen a single episode before I said yes to it. I didn't even know like the characters' names or anything. And then I watched these two episodes that I was a part of like eight times or something like that. And then was like reading my lines along with it. That's <laughs> pretty great so. that you could just read your read your lines against a TV show. That's brilliant. Yes. I have seen a handful of Golden Girls episodes and a lot of clips of Golden Girls, but I was never, you know, there are people who love Golden Girls and have watched it religiously, yeah. just kind of, it's like our, their background show. Uh, I was never somebody like that, but I do know I have seen this theater in Portland do some Golden Girls stuff before, but I, um, 
never was quite sure as to what exactly it was. I'd just seen like posters on their on their social media. Um, so hopefully they'll do it again. And I can if you get cast, I can come watch. Oh, yes. Yes. If I audition for it again, I'll actually be knowing my lines from the beginning instead of learning them all the week. <laughs> Did you have what uh, were you able to get all your lines or were there like a lot of struggles? Thursday was a fucking struggle. Um, there was like points where I literally couldn't remember my line. And then some of the other performers had to like whisper my line to me. And then I would be like reacting as if they said something to me off like off script or whatever. And then I was like, how dare you? And then I would say my line at them angrily or whatever. There was a great moment where um, someone's like, yeah, with all that we've got on them, we're going to lock them away for years. And I'm supposed to be like immediately after that. Oh, but who's going to take care of their garden? And it took me so long of trying to figure out what my line was to where I was just like there on stage frozen and everyone else around me is like, fuck, he doesn't remember his line. How do we cue him into it? So it's frozen. Like he's like, we've got enough to lock him away for years. And then it was like, beat, 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 beat. And then I went years and then said what my line was after that. But it was like such a long pause that everyone on stage broke up laughing. It was a mess. It was a mess. And then I was so much better on Friday and Saturday was like pretty great. Pretty great. But Thursday was a fucking mess. I also got, there's a moment where I get hit kind of over the head lightly with a magazine and the other performer like punched me in the eye by accident. And I like, got a little bit delirious and like lost where I was in the scene. And so then we're trying to like improv our way out of this nightmare. And I have the cue line for other people to enter. And it was a mess. A mess, but a glorious mess. Uh, All right. That sounds pretty wild. What other uh, wild times have you been living through in the last month? Um, so I got called into jury duty and jury duty is usually just like, yeah, I got called into jury duty. So I had to take work off for a day and a half and then I got dismissed and then I went home and had a beer and then went to sleep and then went back to work the next day. Not for me. I got called into the, the room and they're like, Hey, so this is like for a criminal trial and it'll be going on for eight business days, which means that I'd have to ask for a lot of extra time off of work and my work doesn't like just straight up pay me for jury duty. They have like a limited jury duty pool that they can pay you for. So I got paid for like three of the days or whatever, but it was eight days in total. Wow. And I had just gotten done with having COVID too. And I had no more sick hours. So I did get paid for it. I didn't get fired from work, but I didn't get paid for it. Most of the time that I was sick with COVID for those, but you got the 50 cents or whatever for being on jury duty though. Right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Catch that in a Chuck E. Cheese, play a couple of games, you know, (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, But yeah, so I got on this criminal trial and it was insane because they read off the charges and it was like 22 charges of like, um, I guess now would be an appropriate time for a a trigger warning for people that have um, triggers around like abuse or um, stuff like that. But the charges were like 22 charges between like... um, Uh, child abuse and um like rape wow 
at the beginning when they called everyone up, they um, like our entire group, they dismissed probably half of the like 40 people that they called or not even half, maybe a third just based on like prior abuse cases that they've been through where they would like not be um, not be able to be objective during the whole thing. Um, and that was like heartbreaking to see because like we're hearing a super serious case and all these people are getting dismissed because they're like, yeah, my mom was sexually abused when she was a kid and it really impacted her and it impact hearing about it impacted me. And I don't know that I could like evaluate things fairly and stuff like that. And it was immensely rough. Um, but, uh, 16 of us were selected. I was number 15 and the, um, the, we found out towards the end that only 12 of us were actually going to be on the trial and the other four were alternates basically where if people dropped out due to COVID or any other reason, they would have the alternates fill in. And so, um, we dismissed, there was one juror who got dismissed cause he fell asleep, um, during a testimony. Yeah. If you can believe it. Must have ate a big lunch. Poor guy. I think he was trying to get dismissed from the case because he said that he had some bad anxiety beforehand. And I think he was just done. Um, I think it might have been a a gag, a gaff, But he got dismissed. And then um, the the one person from the alternate list got put on the jury. And then the rest of us, like the very last day or the day before the deliberation day, were like, all right, you can go home. Uh, We'll call you tomorrow if we need you. But otherwise, just hang tight. You're good to go. Yeah. So So you didn't even get to, you just were there. Yep. Just in case. Yep. Yep. I was there just in case. And there was another just in case guy in front of me. And then the poor last guy was there just in case as well. And he was like an actual like attorney (laughs) or uh, yeah, like an attorney in training or something like that. So (laughs) yeah, it was crazy. That is wild. You know, I know a lot of people who've gotten picked for jury duty. Um, Never anybody who's, I don't think I know anyone who's been on jur an actual jury. Oh yeah. Um, I well, I do know some people who were on juries, but then the cases ended up getting pled out. But mm. um, I never been picked for jury duty. Never once. What? I know. I've been I've been called four times, and one of those four times I had to be like, "You just fucking called me. You can't can send me back in within two years." And they're like, "Oh, I guess you're right." And then every other time I had to like, I've gone in twice now. One time I my number wasn't called when you like call the little number, and they're like, "Don't come in if you're number sixty nine four twenty." And I was like, "Yeah, that's me." So I didn't have to go in, but like most other times I have to go in. So. It's yeah, like it sucks. never once. <laughs> the only the closest thing I've ever gotten was uh, once I got a letter. So, are you, do you know what a grand jury is? Yep, my wife was on grand jury actually. Yeah, so so I correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they serve like a month? Um, it kind of depends on the case. Like, I think my wife had to do it where she had to go in like a couple of days a month, and it was over like a period of a year. Okay. So they're just hearing like a bunch of cases. Yeah. Cause I think I got an, a letter that was like, you might be put on notice to be on a jury duty in, it was like, I got the letter in March and it was like in December, we'll let you know. Um, I think it was something to do with um, a grand jury, but I got a letter and then I lost it and then I never found it again. And I was like, 
boy, howdy. I hope I get more info if they actually need me. And uh, I hope that there's not like an arrest warrant out there for never showing up to jury duty at some point. But um, I got a letter in, you know, March or April, and it was for something in December. And then I never got any more letters. So I'm going to assume that it was probably fine. No, Uh, probably. Other other than that, nothing. Wow. Maybe you got a... There's probably a letter in the mail waiting for me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's listening and they work for juryduty.com or juryduty.gov. And they're like, (laughs) send it out to him. (laughs) Yeah. If you're listening, uh, juryduty.gov member please don't fucking send me anymore i'm done <laughs> i'm good for a while yeah yeah you've uh, uh you've been run amok i have i have yeah yeah so yeah there was like a week i think where i was talking with kendrick and i was like i can't talk about the case but i'm also not able to record tonight or whatever yeah. and it's like okay yeah, yeah and that's, that's why we had we we had fortunately recorded a couple episodes so we had a a, a break where we didn't need to record but then we got to be where we needed to record again and i was traveling then josh had jury duty then josh got sick then i had baby things and then here we are oh, yeah. finally here today yep we finally did it look at us um, yeah i'm glad we made it um also here on this special bonus episode want to talk about a couple other non-bruce willis things we've been watching um sacrilege i know I'll put these in the uh, episode title and episode description. I should have mentioned them up front. And actually, maybe I'll record a little blurb just so people know um, what's coming after our... Uh, <laughs> we, we really have a, uh, a a crest and a dip there with our um, drag queens into <laughs> horrifying cases of people being abused and <laughs> testifying. Um, but... Uh, I want to talk about, have you ever seen the TV show Battlestar Galactica? I watched like a couple episodes of it because my dad was like, oh, we love, we love sci-fi. Let's watch it as a family. So we watched like the new series as a family when I was like 15. So all of my siblings are younger than me. Um, And you can imagine that that did not go over super great with everyone. And we stopped. So... Uh... (laughs) <laughs> so this show came out in 2002, I think. Yeah. And was on for four years. I watched it when it came out and I'm in a um, sci-fi fantasy oh, movie right. and TV club and we are rewatching it. Some people are watching it for the first time. My wife's watching it for the first time. Um, I'm, I'm rewatching it. Uh, we just finished the third season out of the fourth season. Um, general consensus is the fourth season is the worst. The first mm-hmm. two seasons are really good and the third season has a couple good episodes, but quality dips pretty low here from here on out, unfortunately. But the reason I want to bring it up was this show is almost 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And in the last few episodes, there have been a case on, uh, there's been an episode on abortion rights. There's been an episode on a former president getting arrested and put on trial. There's been an episode on people uh, ignoring vaccines. And there's been episodes on union busting. Um, that's well, in just like probably 15 episodes. All those topics have been covered. And I was like, wow. Well, all right. <laughs> what, is ha- what has come before will come again, I guess. <laughs> those who do not fucking read history are going to do the same thing again. You know, mm-hmm. but those who, those who don't learn famous quotes are doomed to misquote them. 
<laughs> I think that was a uh, Kurt Vognet Jr. that said that. So Kurt Kurt Vognet, good old Kurt Vognet. That's gonna be. <laughs> that's my stage name. <laughs> it's gonna be your drag name. Fluffed and creamed, or whatever that whatever we were talking about earlier. Cropped and creamed. Yeah, cropped and creamed. <laughs> Please welcome the cropped and creamed. <laughs> Oh, goddamn. Goddamn. So do you recommend Battlestar Galactica or are you just watching it because of the, the sci-fi thing? Um, I think... That's a hard one. I think if you've never seen it, I think it's worth watching. Uh-huh. Uh, just so I can get disappointed for the last episode in the last season? Maybe. I mean, I think that there are there's enough joy along the journey. Um that makes the payoff worth it. I think mm-hmm. for me, if I was rewatching it on my own and I, this is, this is true for a lot of stuff. Like I, I would do the same thing if I were rewatching Star Trek, for example, I would just pick out certain episodes mm-hmm. um, because the, the, the number of bad episodes to good episodes is not enough that it's worth rewatching all of them. Now, yeah. if you're watching for the first time, uh, it's hard to, to pick and choose. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, and they're all available on Peacock, which is a free streaming service with advertisements. So if you want to get into on the Peacock, speaking of streaming services, I don't even know if I should say this out loud because I don't want to jinx myself, but another show uh, I'll briefly talk about, Better Call Saul, aired its series finale just this week as we're recording. Are you familiar with this TV show? Um, it's a spinoff of Breaking Bad, right? Correct. Uh, and so I, that's my level I, of knowledge. <laughs> I think uh, I would say I like it better than Breaking Bad. Wow. Uh, I think I think the its work of art is better than Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Granted, I have recency bias, mm-hmm. but uh, I think it is. I think the creators of Breaking Bad, when they went to make this show, have just continued honing their craft. And the cast is fantastic. And everybody in this show is amazing. All that to say, uh, it's airing on AMC. And all, uh, so this was just the sixth season just wrapped up and all previous seasons can be found on Netflix. But if you want to watch the sixth season, you have to subscribe to AMC plus and AMC did this thing, which a lot of shows are doing where they air half the season. Then they take like a month or a month and a half off. Then they air the second half of the season. So I did what any regular human would do and subscribe to AMC plus for a month watch the first half of the season, cancel my subscription. Second half of the season rolls around. I'm getting ready to resubscribe. I go into the app on my phone. Lo and behold, it doesn't even prompt me to resubscribe. It just serves me all the content. And so I'm like, well, maybe it just hasn't, maybe it's just giving me the first one for free. Nope. I watched the entire second half of that season, uh, all six episodes or whatever, without resubscribing once. And I have since gone and been like, I have full access to the AMC library uh, without, paying so what don't tell anybody you know that works at amc but apparently now i have free amc access (laughs) that's insane well i guess i'm gonna sign up for a month of amc and then get it for life and it's not just me i other people i've been watching this show with who did the same thing they were like wait i didn't i'm not paying and it's letting me watch it again and i was like same here so weird loophole in the system just stop paying weird that's crazy 
There's too many streaming services. That's my old man rant of the day. Well, I I agree, and AMC is especially painful because there's not really anything else great on that streaming service. There's a couple yeah. movies, a couple other interesting things. What's that one show with like the sitcom setup where it's like half sitcom, half drama? I think that's also oh, on AMC. Kevin can fuck himself. Yes, Kevin can fuck himself. I think that's also is on that AMC. AMC? That season sure. two is just airing. I think it's the second and final season. Mm. I liked whatever free episodes were on Amazon Prime, and then I was like, fuck, I got to subscribe to something else? No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> it was AMC or something weird, some weird subscription service. Yeah, I'm looking now. Uh, oh, yeah, AMC. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Uh, yeah, but if you go on AMC's app, it's like, we do The Walking Dead. That's all it talks about. And I'm like, no thanks. And That was how HBO was when it just had, like, Game of Thrones. Yeah. And now it's like a really good streaming service for the next six months until Discovery, Discovery Plus becomes yeah. <laughs> HBO Max. Yeah. Oh, goddamn. Uh, did you have any other things you want to talk about watching before we dive into our last topic? Mm, no, I've had a hard time finding time to watch stuff. Uh, just to shout it out for the HBO gods out there listening, um, please don't cancel Harley Quinn. I fucking love that show. Uh, just started watching season three and it's amazing. I love it. Love all the people who are working on it. Um, please keep that show running for a million years. Signed, Josh. All right. That's all I had to say about that. <laughs> I haven't seen Harley Quinn, but I have heard a lot of great things about it. Oh, it's so good. It's like a, a love letter to anyone that watched like the the DC Comics like um, superhero cartoons growing up. So if you watch like Batman the Animated Series or like justice league unlimited or justice league or any of those it's it is a wonderful wonderful show absolutely hilarious hannah my wife who doesn't love superheroes or love cartoons or adult cartoons even enjoys that show and so i think that that's probably a pretty good uh a pretty good person to gauge if uh she enjoys harley quinn you're probably gonna enjoy harley Quinn. adult cartoons well you've sold me josh Yep. Yep. It's it's cartoons, but they swear. <laughs> Whoa. I uh yeah. I didn't watch uh Batman the Animated Series or any of those shows. I didn't have um cable growing up and also didn't watch a lot of like after school TV. Mm-hmm. Um so I didn't watch any of that stuff unfortunately. But uh I still want to check it out. I've read I've you know, I like superhero stuff and I mm-hmm. you know, the Invincible on Amazon Prime. Um, I like, I like that kind of animated show. It's reasonably similar to the Suicide Squad, the James Gunn one. So if you enjoyed okay. the Suicide Squad, I think that you would enjoy it. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, Kaylee Cuoco, right? Isn't she the voice of Harley Quinn? Yep. Yep. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. I enjoy her work in, uh, non, um, Big Bang Theory related stuff. So nice. Okay. So that leaves the remainder of the time to talk about a show that I texted Josh a couple weeks ago. And I said, Josh, you have to watch this because I need to talk to another human about it. <laughs> and I and said, sure, I'm very busy, but I will try. And, and then just last night, Josh in. was like, I started watching and I was like, you got to watch more. And he's like, I don't think I'm going to have time. And then he comes in today and he's like, I watched a lot more. <laughs> the show we were talking about is the rehearsal on HBO. Now, this show is wild and a bit of a trip, and I want to recommend it to anyone, but especially anyone who 
likes uh, philosophy or um, any other work by Nathan Fielder, who mm-hmm. he has done Nathan for You, which is his most well-known work. But he's also produced a show on HBO called How To with John Wilson, which is probably my favorite thing of any of the stuff he's done. I think I like it the most. And it's um, two really short seasons of a guy named John Wilson who lives in New York and he has a camera and he just kind of walks around New York and investigates like a topic. Um, The topic could be like, why do people cover their furniture? And it's just like goes deep into life and how his thoughts work and his own experiences and his own family and all this kind of stuff. Interesting, fascinating, similar vein to Nathan Fielder, but it's just a guy by himself. So that's how to with John Wilson. Nice. We're not gonna, we're not gonna talk about that now, but if you like that, or if you like how to with with uh, uh, if you like, um, uh, I'm already Nathan my for words. you. Or yeah, Nathan for you. If you like Nathan for you, or if you like awkward comedy, because this is definitely a lot of awkward comedy. Um, the premise of this show is essentially Nathan takes people who want to rehearse an awkward situation and practice what they're going to say and how they're going to say it. And he, Nathan will put together a uh, setup that lets you rehearse that in different ways and try out different uh, experiences. Now, on as a premise, that's like, okay, that sounds pretty interesting. And the first episode is essentially that and we'll talk about the first episode. Mm-hmm. But I want to encourage everyone listening. If you watch this show and you watch the first episode and you're like, well, that's okay, but that's not that weird. Please go watch the second episode. <laughs> and then watch the third and just keep watching it all because really, I don't care what you think. Uh, <laughs> so that's my that's my seller spiel. Josh, do you want to say anything else before we dive into individual episodes? Uh, I'm going to say that I enjoy watching clips of Nathan for you, but I find it really hard to watch whole episodes because it's so awkward. And this is also pretty awkward in a lot of ways. It has some similarities, especially at the beginning. But as it goes on, it just gets into like this insane batshit territory that is less awkward and more like surreal, but on like a very, very human level where it's a, a super in-depth understanding of what humanity is like and what conversation is like. And it's hyper aware of that. And so I think that if any of that sounds interesting to you and you can stomach a little bit of awkward comedy and by a little bit, I mean quite a bit, I think that it is amazing. I think it's so good. Yeah. So I guess this is all like, we can talk about this a little bit before we deep dive. And again, I, I don't think you can really be spoiled on this show. I think mm-hmm. if you, if someone were to tell you the details of the episode, you'd be like, what really? You still, you have to watch it to really understand it. But yeah. on the, on the, on the flip side, the twists of the, the changes in the story format are so fantastic to watch without knowing them that I think yeah. it's worth not being spoiled. So, yes. so take that as you may listener. This uh, is your spoiler warning. Yep. Most of the episodes are pretty short. I think the first one is the longest at like 45 minutes, but the Mm -hmm. rest are on the shorter side. But this is your spoiler warning. Um, But uh, the main... So there's been a lot of writing on the internet about this show. um, And I won't try to recap it all. People have done a much better job 
kind of saying what I'm going to try to say here. But the the challenge that people have is, is Nathan punching down and is he making fun of people? And or uh, is he genuinely trying to create a uh, experience that benefits the viewer or the participant? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's pretty obvious to everybody that there's like awkward comedy. And I don't think he he is unaware of the awkward comedy. And I definitely think it's both edited for comedic sense. And also he will insert some levity into scenes to kind of create some comedy, but also, um, you know, is he taking these people and kind of poking fun at them and playing a part? Uh, and I don't like know if there's any way to really know or say, Mm -hmm. um, some, I heard someone else say that, uh, one of the, the, um, marks in Nathan's favor is the fact that of all the years he's been doing stuff, no one has kind of gone on social media lambasting him for tricking them or painting them in a bad light. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think he's mostly honest with what everybody, with what we see on camera. I don't think Mm -hmm. he's like playing a character. I think that's actually who he is. And I think uh, he's pretty open with the people that he works with. And it's like, this is what we're going to do. And then does it. And everyone kind of like their own awkward self creates funny moments, but um, I don't think it's like a reality show where they're only editing like the goofs together. And then the Mm -hmm. person is like, no, actually I was totally different the rest of the time, but who's to say who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if there's like any like non disparaging clauses that people have to sign or whatever, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, let's just talk about let's just talk about the individual episode. So the oh, first yeah. episode uh, sets up the show. It's a premise like I already told you, and it's a guy named Cor, and he um, has been living with, or he has been uh, part of this trivia group, and the trivia group uh, believes that he has a master's degree, and he's been going this whole time, not uh, coming clean and telling them that he doesn't have a master's degree for twelve so, years. Yeah, so he feels really embarrassed, and there's one person. Excuse me. One person in particular he wants to come clean to, mm-hmm. and they always put trivia in this bar called the Alligator Lounge, I think. That and right. uh, so, what Nathan does is he recreates the Alligator Lounge down to the uh, the lights and the tables and the posters and the like p- trashy balloon that's stuck on the ceiling and the hole in the chair. Oh and- yeah. Uh, the way the doors work. Um, not only that, like where this show immediately got me was the show opens and Nathan walks into Core's apartment and he introduces himself and he like says some stuff. And then you find out that he had rehearsed that whole bit and we see that he had recreated Core's apartment and practiced introducing himself to an actor who we got to play Core and then see how he would respond. And he tried out different like jokes as he walked in the room and tried different ways of interacting with him and talked about different stuff in the room. And he had sent in like a a fake repair man earlier on to like get pictures of his apartment so they could recruit like the, the pure meta just wild level of the whole thing. Oh yeah. Uh, Immediately. And I was just like, wow. Okay. This is going to be a trip. And 
that's pretty i mean that's that's like the essential of the episode is core you know it's i think one of the things that's that put me really on on nathan's team on his side was uh i don't know about you but i i do this in my head sometimes where i'm like gonna go do something that i you know am uncomfortable with and i like Mm -hmm. kind of mentally be like what am i gonna say how am i gonna say it and i don't go to the level of thinking like I'm going to sit in this chair and I'm going to face this direction. Like, I don't, I don't go to that level, but I do some of it. Mm-hmm. He takes, Nathan takes something so like low level importance in people's daily lives. The fact that he said he had a master's degree and didn't really have a master's degree and gave it such importance and was like, we're going to put all this time and effort and help you be comfortable and say the right thing and feel like you're ready to go and seem to treat it kind of respectfully. Yeah. What uh? What did you think of the first episode? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. There were many moments that killed me. Um, there's a pool scene where there's a lot of music going on around before the pool scene happens, like background music that you'd find in any TV show. And then this pool scene happens, and Nathan's trying to get this other guy, Core, to open up to him. And they're just like kind of sort of splashing in the pool, but the music just cuts out entirely. So it's just like every splash is like the only sound that you hear other than like them t- like saying personal details to each other. Also, I love how... Nathan was like, I really wanted to get close to Core and have him open up emotionally. But also, I didn't want to go into my whole life story. So we hired an actor to come interrupt <laughs> them halfway through this like chat in the pool just so that he could be like, hey, I was going to talk to you, but I don't feel like I was like the layers on layers. <laughs> um, one of the things that I loved in about in the first episode was I loved watching it and feeling like it was like a heist movie where it's a super elaborate setup for all of the different scenarios and the ways that it's going to go wrong or whatever. And they're practicing all of it. And then you get to see it in execution. And it's a lot of like cut between the two different things. And I love stuff like that. So I don't know. That was a, it was a very like human sort of way to look at something that's absolutely insane and batshit. So, Another batshit yeah. moment was Core had said that he didn't want to, that if he felt like he was doing bad at trivia, he would call the whole thing off. So Nathan, through like this ridiculous <laughs> scheme, got all the trivia answers for that night's trivia game. But then he didn't want to just tell them to Core. So they went on a walk and continually just mysteriously ran into people who... <laughs> would be talking about the topic that would be on trivia. My favorite being <laughs> it's days like today. I curse the Chinese for inventing gunpowder. <laughs> I think my favorite was just the first one where he's like, okay, here's the door code to get in. It's 1789, the year of the French revolution, you know? <laughs> and then the guy was like, yeah. <laughs> but then they actually get to trivia and he doesn't even remember them all. No, no, it doesn't um, affect him at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I haven't. Um, at, we'll get to some people in later episodes that have mm-hmm. come out publicly since the episodes have aired and said some things. But I don't know if Cora has said anything because this episode ends with uh, Nathan rehearsing, telling, coming clean to Core about about it, and the rehearsal, the guy being upset, and so Nathan's like, ah, "Okay, I'm not going to tell him." Yeah, um, but I'm curious as to what if Core ever found out. 
I mean, he must have watched know. it. Like, oh, yeah. There's no way that you wouldn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about episode two. So here's where the show starts to take a turn. And uh, episode two, set in Oregon, uh, it takes place in a house in Eagle Creek, which is a wedding venue. Um, it is follows this character named Angela, who they don't mention, they don't say, but I'm assuming she lived in Portland or somewhere in the Portland metro. Mm-hmm. Um, Angela is a single woman in her 40s, and she wants to raise a... Uh, wants to have a kid. And so Nathan creates this rehearsal method of um, over the course of two or three months is going to speed run through raising a kid from newborn to 18. And this episode opens. (laughs) How you ask? (laughs) With one of my favorite things. Due to Oregon child labor laws, kids can only act for so many hours. And so when you have a small baby... What happens is Angela is taking care of this baby in this house. Oh, I should also say part of her uh, dream is to like, she'll live in the country. She'll raise animals. She'll run an Etsy business. She'll have a farm. She'll have chickens. So they set all that up. The HBO spent bank on this. Oh, and totally. I hope, I hope Discovery, uh, like, even if they just pulled this one season off and Discovery is like, never again. Uh, I'm glad we got this project. But um, so <laughs> Angela will be taking care of this baby. And then it's like, okay, time to put the baby down for a nap. And and uh, Nathan and his team are in like the barn watching everything on hidden cameras. And Angela sets the baby down in the crib and leaves the room. And a team of people come in through the window, take the baby, <laughs> swap the baby out for a fresh actor, put the baby out through the window. Someone is like walking very gently down a ladder. Then they run through the field and there's like a woman, presumably a parent or, or a caretaker in the barn who takes the baby and they do that to just swap the kids out. That's how the episode opens. And you're just like, oh my God. Uh, this episode just grows and grows and grows. Um, oh, so so totally. It's shorter than the first episode, but it somehow covers way more ground. <laughs> yeah. So a couple things to note. Nathan packs up the bar that he built the exact replica of the alligator lounge and brings it to a studio warehouse somewhere in Clackamas County. Uh-huh. Uh, and just as a place to hang out and he, every episode from here on out, I think bring mentions that bar. Um, <laughs> and it's just kind of his lounge that he hangs out in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angela, the character uh, now here, now here's where I'm kind of wondering how much of her is real and how much of her is scripted because, mm-hmm. and there's episodes you haven't gotten to yet. But uh, her story is becoming more and more interesting. And I'm not, that's where I'm kind of wondering, like, what exactly is going on there. Mm. But she is, I don't even know if I would say a fundamentalist Christian. I'm not exactly sure what she believes, but she has strong Christian leaning beliefs Mm -hmm. and also uh, a lot of beliefs around kind of like mysticism. And she wants to uh, hopefully raise this baby with a partner. And so they find she does some dating. Uh, and uh, it's pretty hard on some of those guys. But um, she she lands on this character named Robin. Uh, Robin. Now, this this I know that um, they put a Craigslist ad out for Robin. And oh, really? That, he, she didn't just stumble across him on like a dating app. Okay. Um, 
also, uh, Robin, well, I'll get to more Robin behind the scenes in a minute, but, um, they go on a couple dates. Her and Robin seem to kick it off. Robin also has very interesting beliefs, super into number numerology, uh, <laughs> and weird and strange, uh, mystic beliefs that are pseudo Christian. I'm not exactly sure, but she invites him to, uh, co-parent this child. And so he decides, okay, uh, I'll, I'll come over. She's like, all right, well, you're going to spend the night, but you're going to be in a different room. And, oh, I should say (laughs) they, they hired someone to, so you can't have a baby overnight. So they had a robot baby (laughs) in the house and they hired someone who would be watching a real life baby live stream essentially. And every time that baby cried, this guy would make the robot baby cry. And the guy they hired was a self-proclaimed night owl, except he fell asleep like immediately. Yeah. And they would come in the next morning and he had done nothing. <laughs> I just love the like we had Portland's a night owl. best, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> this this is really making Portland look bad. Like <laughs> I mean, we needed something like this. After Portlandia made people like wanna move here for whatever fucking reason. Yeah. Like we need something like this where they're like, oh, it looks kind of losery. I'm like, yes, yes, don't come here. Yeah, well, and you know, all the shots of this house look pretty rural, and I assume this was in springtime or maybe mm-hmm. fall. I'm not sure, but you never once see Mount Hood, even though on a clear day, it probably would have a beautiful view of Mount Hood, mm-hmm. and um, like it definitely could have been glammed up, like the location, but it looks pretty dismal. Uh, they never make it look like super glamorous location, which you're right, could probably help out Portland's image a little bit to remind people that we're a human place, not a... yeah. <laughs> Not not a magical place. Yes. Uh, so they bring they bring uh, Robin over, and he's like, "Okay, cool. I'm gonna go to my house and get some stuff." And Nathan's like, "Well, I should do some due diligence and kind of like check on you." This is where the episode went from like good to amazing for me. <laughs> they go back to Robin's house, and Nathan's riding in the car with him, and he has a camera. And uh, I assume there's there must be a camera person. Yeah. Now that I think about it, there must have been three people: Robin. Yep. Nathan and the camera person. Um, and uh, Robin is driving erratically and talking about how the speed limits numbers are like, like 33 is the speed of is the year Jesus died. All this <laughs> wild stuff. You get back to Robin's apartment and he gets into a fight with his roommate. He smokes. He does some bong rips. And then Nathan is like, are you okay to drive? And then, oh, yeah, his car doesn't have a license plate on it. And Robin's like, yeah, I think that's optional. (laughs) And Nathan is just like, I have to tell parents of these child actors that this guy's going to be potentially taking care of them. Uh, Long story short, Robin doesn't make it the night. Oh, yeah, no, he gets he gets out of there, out skis. And they also have like a conversation where um, Angela's like, yeah, I'm going to want to be remain celibate before I'm married. And then Robin's like, uh, 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 um, yeah, I've definitely had like sexual relations before. And then later he's talking to Nathan. He's like, yeah, she wants to like be celibate, but we're going to see how long that's going to last. So it's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. So, uh, in real life, uh, 
since I don't know, since this was recorded, he raced his Scion down Highway 26 and got into a wreck. Since uh, this was recorded? Since it was recorded, yeah, right by the zoo. What the um, fuck? And he was blaming the uh, car manufacturer on uh, why he wrecked. But he said someone was trying to race him, so he sped up. But he was also on uh, alcohol and marijuana were involved. <laughs> so this guy, uh, I believe his portrayal is fairly accurate. Yeah. But, um, so it's a real life. That's really him. Yeah. Also, apparently his brother got on Reddit and was like, see, this is the guy I have to deal with all the time. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> um, and then the episode ends with Nathan being like, well, I don't have a kid. What if I became the dad? And uh, so he moves in and sets up like his own kind of like parenting situation. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where the show goes from there. Yep. Um, I feel like we don't even need to go into the rest of the episodes because I watched episode three and it's just like a continuation of it. It's insane. I love it. Um, Yeah. Once you should watch the rest and then we'll have like a final chit chat because I want to... I episode so it's only six episodes and episode five aired last week and ends with another moment where you're like I don't know whose side of this I'm on <laughs> like I both sides are bad but also I can oh, see no. where they're coming from and now I don't know what to do oh um, no yeah every episode like it's not it's not just I, I saw the second episode and I was like, wait, is every episode just going to be Nathan and Angela taking care of the baby? And no, it's not. There's other things happening in the episodes. He's oh, yeah. Still, he's still doing his original goal, but then going home to a family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and episode three has like uh, Portland acting legend Isaac Lamb in it um, as one of the, the paid actors that they reference. And he's great in it. He's a... Uh, He's a, a just been in a lot of stuff in Portland. Like he was in a, the anonymous theater production of Urinetown. He was really good in that. He was in um, a few other productions with like I think Third Rail and some other local theater groups and stuff like that. But he's a joy to watch, and he's fun in this as well. So shout out to Isaac Lamb. <laughs> oh, and I also recognize one of the locations in the third episode. They show like a warehouse at one point, And that's the same warehouse where a church that I went to for years was housed. So I like recognize the rooms that they're showing and like the door and the, the parking lot and everything. And I was like, this is surreal. This is surreal. Wow, that's wild. I, yeah. So one of the, I didn't, um, know where they were filming i went and looked it up so they don't say in the show where they're filming i don't think Mm -hmm. um or maybe they did i don't remember but they just say in oregon for most of it um yeah and so i wasn't sure when i recommended it to you where it was but then since finding out it was in eagle creek which is close to where you grew up i was wondering if you had seen uh if anybody you had known had like seen the camera crews if they were going to go to like any other major locations they don't really go any to any recognizable spots Mm-mm. in the episodes that I've seen. Um, but yeah, it could just be in any small town uh, in Oregon. And it would yeah. probably be a similar situation. But yeah, the fact um, that it's like 30 minutes outside of Portland isn't relevant at all. Yeah. 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 So that's the rehearsal. It's on HBO. The final episode airs uh, as, as of this recording 
in just a couple days. Right on. So that means it's going to be all ready to go when you, dear listener, are here. Yeah. And unless we put out some tweet where we say, we don't recommend the show anymore, it's amazing. Go watch it. Yeah. I definitely think that people, you, everyone has to kind of individually examine their own uh, viewpoints. And like, you know, like I said about, is he punching down? Is he, mm-hmm. especially with Angela or, or other people, is he being truthful? Are we seeing a scripted version? You know, how much of this has been pre pre preplanned? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as opposed to like a reality show or uh, another hidden camera show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think there are some things around there that people can evaluate themselves, but um, yeah, I guess who, I, who knows what the final episode will be. There's definitely some stuff in the in the penultimate episode where I'm like, oh no, oh man, I'm so excited. Yeah, so I'm yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, well, this is fun. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, looking forward to the next uh, six months down the road when we get to do After Dork 3. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll catch up on the last bit of the rehearsal and a whole yeah. bunch of other stuff. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And uh, thank you all for listening. As always, if you have anything that you want to hear us talk about, um, you can send us an email, but most likely, too bad. I'm not going to watch your six-season show where it gets good after season three and don't really watch season six because it's bad. Sorry. I called out Josh. <laughs> that was me. I was the one who emailed that to you. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Oh, yes, it's fun time. Fun time. Fun time. Fun time. Let you know if It's fun time. Shake time. a different bonus episode or sure pack it all in or what are you, what are you feeling? I really like the idea of saving everything everywhere all at once for its own episode. Cause I think we'll probably have enough to talk about just with that movie. All right.
Bam, bam, chicken and ham.